J.C. Philpott. God but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised Proverbs 12 8 KJV. Let burning coals fall on them, let not evil speakers be established in the earth. Psalms 140 10 11 KJV Amen. For the record here posted, Cal Teichman is an evil man, hiding behind highly sophisticated and finely honed religious piousness. His indictment as I personally witnessed which was revealed by spiritual revelation through Ephesians 1-7 KJV and detailed in this blog is in essence denying both by omission and contrition the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ in whom we saints have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Amen. God has a tremendous sense of humor. Cal used to quote this scripture often. 2 Timothy 2-5 King James Version 5 And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. I pray we Christians can learn from this following incident to see why Cal needs to closely examine his life to see if indeed he is striving lawfully. I pray Cal study 2 Timothy 2 5 in light of Romans 8 2 KJV. I'm going to post Kikun 777's blog to my blog with these comments. This would also go along well with my study of the tyranny of a weaker brother which was based on having to part ways with Cal T. https colon slash slash www.thethirdheaventraveler.com slash 2021 slash 03 slash a weaker brother in Christ is not our dot html. https colon slash slash www.thethirdheaventraveler.com slash 2021 slash 03 slash a weaker brother in Christ is not our dot html. For any reader desiring to read the full 80-page transcript including Cal Teichman's emails where I had caught Cal lying and in deceit in addition to Cal's prior and lingering involvement with a cult please email me via trandy at gmail.com. Also please email me regarding reasons Cal left the United States to become a Canadian citizen. This I believe is the primary reason he may have had a lawful civil union relationship with a man who died of AIDS. Cal is still deeply moved by his former relationship yet continues in hypocrisy to deny. Here's what Cal T posted about me. https colon slash slash wordpress.com slash read slash feed slash 107159264 slash post slash 32433424767 https colon slash slash wordpress.com slash read slash feed slash 107159264 slash post slash 32433424767. The website The Third Heaven Traveler by Andrew Sheets denies the Trinity, he also likes to plagiarize other people's writings as his thoughts. He uses false teachers' teaching that support his unbiblical standings, such as denying the Holy Trinity, and his other teachings, which are extremely confusing and mind-twisting, not worth trying to express what they are here. He loves to use flattery towards false teachers where their teachings line up with his, and then will proceed to tear them down where they are faulty in their other other misleading teachings. He experienced a terrible family tragedy where his son, who was involved with the hyper-slash-apostolic belief system, committed suicide by shooting himself in the head at the church where he ministered. It was a son from his first or second marriage, which, I do not know, but he shared with me he is now in his third marriage. He also has been a member of and follower of some of the worst heretics out there, especially Kenneth Copeland where he donated thousands of dollars toward their ministry and also volunteered working for their ministry and others also. One needs to wonder what Jesus is he truly following. The Lord knows. My comment to Cal T which I know he will not post and let his followers know why he wrote this. 
I'm not a follower of this author Tickton 777 but someone sent me this blog because my son's suicide and I were maliciously dragged through the mud. In my son's honor I will contest to the vile attack. I'm sure Cal will not post this comment, but I want others to know what's going on with California I will send this to other authors and to the person who notified me of this post by California I pray my work and Cal's work stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and both be judged accordingly. It appears Cal suffers from a demonic religious spirit and is a carnal Christian at best. Although I once believed he was saved, I have to wonder. Cal is an admitted former sodomite who found Jesus and stopped cold turkey. He clearly gives details in his testimony. If you haven't read it I suggest you do. It's quite powerful. However, you'll find that although he talks the talk there is sadly no fruit in his life. Sadly I know the author of this blog. Come taste the goodness of the Lord. His name is Cal Teichman. This blog post of his attacking me personally and dragging my son's suicide through the mud is unimaginable. One might ask why Cal would do this to me and others we have proof of him personally and maliciously attacking instead of dealing directly with my theological beliefs. Example, he attacks me, my son's suicide and my marital past, but he does not go point by point on my biblical Godhead doctrine which is scripture. He says it's twisted but he is unable to read it. He used to tell me he gets headaches often and is unable to read much and isn't educated. His own words. He used to tell me he can't concentrate very long and has learning disabilities. So, he won't deal directly with what one writes, therefore he and his Pharisee tactic as witnessed in John 842 47 KJV attacks me personally in the most perverse way imaginable. Read why Jesus states Pharisees attack in John 842 47 KJV for yourself. Dealing with the likes of Cal demands strict knowledge and adherence to Ephesians 6 11-17 KJV. Ephesians 6 12-13 KJV. For truly I've come to know when dealing with Cal Teichman, truly, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Amen. Cal has admitted to me numerous, numerous times on the phone that he struggles mightily with his past sexual addictions as well as other perverse issues not appropriate for print. He has repeatedly tried to stop smoking and other sexual vices and is consumed by these sins as he has admitted to me on numerous occasions. Often Cal would literally cry and tell me he feels guilty and knows he sinned and ask me to pray with him to stop his addictions. I would pray with him and tell him his sins are forgiven and that he has to move on. I would tell him repeatedly, Cal I'm not judging you nor is anyone else, especially Jesus Christ. You stand before him as righteous, but to no avail. Cal would continually share his sins and tell me he's a sinner having once again sinned. Sharing one another's burden, Confessing our faults with one another is scripture, James 5:16 KJV, and I understand Galatians 6:2 KJV and I would listen to him for literally hours. We would pray. Then he would begin a soul-cleaning rant. Him doing most of the talking. But to continually bring the same sin up clouded with a ravaged mind from a tortured spirit reveals great spiritual issues. I would pray with him for deliverance again and again. To me personally it seemed Cal T was trying to confess his sins to me as if I were his parish priest. God forbid. Another reason for his past experiences in cults. He had confessed the past horrors of various cults. But confessing sins to another person is not biblical. 
This perverts the works of the living God Jeremiah 23 36 KJV Our sins must be brought before God. Our sins are against God first and foremost. Romans 14 10 12 KJV, Romans 12, Psalms 51. However, for some reason Cal had to confess to me. I ask our readers why? This is an outstanding subject to study for sure. Another issue we need to examine is Cal's past life he suffered as a child and even as an adult which even if half is true is beyond extraordinary. To even begin to describe some of perverted things Cal's Jewish mother did to him throughout his childhood and even as adult are beyond description and frankly it took me days to get over the imagery. He continually discussed the guilt and adherence to the law, spiritual mosaic law, his Jewish mother saddled him with. It's truly heartbreaking to see how this poor man struggles from his past. I also believe this haunts him immeasurably because he would talk of his past without ceasing. It was a ritual for him to go through. More disturbing to me is as a supposed Christian cow would insist in sharing disgusting details, things that bothered me deeply, of parties he attended, after being saved, even recently the last time we spoke back in about June of 2020, with heavy drinking and sexual homosexual promiscuity. To wit, Cal told me he had something to confess and that he had been touched and groped by another man repeatedly at the party he attended the night before. Also noted was Cal had also admitted drinking. Where is that fine line between drunkenness and a social drink? My mind screamed, why didn't you run out of there Cal? Were you drunk? But I didn't because I didn't want him to feel even more guilt-ridden and this is my mistake. Lesson learned, rebuke someone on the spot. I did rebuke him sharply for attending but to my absolute horror, Cal said he was going back to the next party to witness for Jesus. And Jesus would take away his addiction and protect him. I rebuked him strongly. Thank God he decided to not go. I don't know if he did or did not. Also troubling is Cal's daily drinking I observed. How often does he cross the line into drunkenness? He has to answer to God for this. I also rebuked Cal T for continually finding minor faults and non-essential doctrinal issues and turned these into major salvation issues in other Christians. I fully support rebuking someone for teaching that is not scripture-based. But to fire off personal insults and attack doctrine without fully understanding what you're talking about is not based on scripture. Period. I can see now where this drives his maddening fault-finding in others as overcompensation for his sins and demonic depression and self-loathing. Most alarming regarding Cal is I also soon found some of his teaching very dangerous. For example his blog teaching on communion was nothing close to scripture. At first his writing appeared as a powerful personal testimony of what communion meant to him. But after studying it carefully with scripture his teaching is satanic. Cal equated communion to a self-centered personal suffering he experienced through loneliness and personal tribulation. There was absolutely no mention of the cup being the blood for the remission of sins. Matthew 26 28 KJV. To me this is now a key to understanding Cal's obsession with faults in others. Cal was teaching a bloodless atonement of the communion. Where there is no blood there is no forgiveness. As a witness to my thoughts regarding Cal Teichman's failure to regard the cup the blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins please observe. Cal was terrified of partaking in communion. He had told me this several times. He admitted that he had not partaken in communion for years because he was terrified of 1 Corinthians 11:27-31 KJV. 27 Wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread, and drink this cup of the Lord, unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. 28 But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. 
29 For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. 30 For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. 31 For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. I painstakingly went through extraordinary efforts of listening to Cal's reasons for believing he felt completely unworthy to participate in communion. Again, my continued teaching of Galatians and Romans 3, 5, 6 and 8 to Cal, it was clear Cal was unable to accept or apprehend grace. Finally, one day he shockingly asked me if he could participate in a Skype communion with me and my family. I was overjoyed and we prayed together that it was only through the cross are we worthy to come to partake in the Lord's Supper. When we had communion together on Skype Cal read a very long complex testimony of his loneliness and suffering and said communion with Christ to him is experienced through this suffering. At the time I believed Cal was sharing a precious personal identity of suffering with Christ. However I insisted that we stay with scripture and my daughter and I read 1 Corinthians 11 23-26 KJV and Matthew 26 26-28 KJV before we took the bread and cup. Afterwards, Cal seemed extremely pleased and we shared tears of joy and fellowship. Days later Cal informed me he'd been in a severe state of depression brought on by the heavy burden of sin in his life and that he could not dare partake in communion because he didn't want to be drinking unworthily, crying face. Again we prayed. However Cal could not get over this fear. Having time to reflect on this communion issue with Cal, I believe this is why this tortured soul finds no rest or peace within himself. This is because he is trying to atone for these sins. Of course I'm not sure, only God truly knows Cal's heart. I can only look at Cal's fruit. I pray he find the truth. This may also be the cause of his lack of love towards his fellow Christian brethren. Cal cannot love himself because he sees only the sin and fails to see himself through grace in the eyes of God. Amen. So where does this leave Cal Teichman? Cal's tactic is to nip away like the little foxes, Song of Solomon 2 15-17. Then he will continue until you either fully comply with his tyranny or you are the enemy of God. I personally now believe Cal believes he is God's chosen immaculately holy being that has found his own way to the cross by personal acts of pious self-righteous acts while proclaiming outward scripture of God's grace. He is the consumed Pharisee, a sepulcher that is white on the outside but dead inside. To respond to Cal saying I deny the Holy Trinity? First, Cal Teichman quotes from the Jesuit oath, the Holy Trinity why? As far as the Trinity. This word Trinity is from the Vatican and is not in the King James Version Bible but Godhead is. I have a blog on this however Cal who is an admittedly uneducated not well read and lacking the ability to concentrate has told me he won't read my blog because the Holy Trinity is what he believes. Period. This word Trinity is from the Vatican and is not in the King James Version Bible but Godhead is. If you want to see rabbit dogs, research the Jesuit attack against the Christians regarding the Holy Trinity. Of a great irony is Cal continually spouts in pious accord the scripture of Matthew 7:13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go and dare it. How ironic that this pathetic soul takes the broad way of the Vatican and most evangelical teaching today using the term Trinity without carefully studying scripture that the early church used Godhead and its strict definition. I have done my research but Cal just grabs the term Trinity because he learned the term and parrots what he's heard and takes that as doctrine. If a reader would like to understand Godhead versus Trinity please email me at viatrandy at gmail.com here's a summary of my blogs regarding the Trinity versus Godhead.
http colon slash slash www.thethirdheaventraveler.com slash 2021 slash 05 slash trinity is pagan practice of polytheism html. There's also a brother in Christ who has an excellent video for those who don't like to read. https colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash watch v equals 06 me 7 who 478. I even tried to get Cal to look at pictures and watch videos but he prefers the wide gate and Broadway. He prefers not to study to show himself approved unto God but be spoon-fed by false teachers. Read about how the majority often get it wrong backed up in scripture. https colon slash slash www.thethirdheaventraveler.com slash 2021 slash 03 slash the majority often gets it wrong.html Again God proves he has a great sense of humor by Cal quoting Matthew 7 to his readers to show how he himself enters the narrow gate but in reality by Cal swallowing widely accepted Vatican doctrine of the Holy Trinity and a myriad of his other false beliefs and carnal demonic acts, Cal actually enters the wide gate and walks the Broadway. His fruit is shown in his acts and beliefs. When I finally realized that I had to part ways with Cal, he became very upset. He used to demand that when I talked to him on the phone we had visual contact and if he noticed I wasn't watching and listening to him intently he'd grow very agitated. Whenever he heard background noise from my home he'd grow agitated and tell me I needed to mute out noise. And needed to be respectful and go somewhere quiet. Etc. It was when Cal sent me an email demanding that I delete any of my blogs that had any reference to anyone Cal didn't agree with, even if it was non-essential doctrine, and I had to only use the Bible directly. I was patient and explained that I properly cite all work I referenced that supported a point I was making and I never, knowingly, use errant doctrine. I do not plagiarize, sadly Cal is uneducated and although I tried to explain to him what plagiarism means but he thinks it means using anyone's work period. I even tried to show him properly cited work and different methods of legally referencing someone's work, mainly Chicago style etc. but Cal got angry and began to pout as he often did and start to cry literally. As I stated, I do not follow Cal's blog but someone sent this to me and informed me they and others had flagged for hateful content. After reading his comment on my son I fully agree. I thank the person who sent this to me and I want this to be known about California I will send out my comments to others who need to know about California if Cal decides to post this which I know he will not, but secretly hide this and attack me and others to bring his errors to light. But if he does... Please stay away from this sad man who lives in carnality and is devoid of truth. Let's pray for Cal that his eyes be opened and he finds salvation, if he's not saved, and deliverance and freedom from his past. Let's also pray Cal posts this comment so others can get a good look at who this man is and his followers can love him and pray for him. Amen. Maranatha. Andrew Sheets. Additional note, although I used to follow K. Copeland Ministries many years ago the Lord delivered me years back. I told Cal T this. Why would this be brought up again? Update, March 30, 2021. This morning the Lord placed this on my heart to post regarding Cal Teichman. In accordance with and standing before the Word of God, Cal resists the truth. For months in caring and in loving patience I instructing him. I had prayed Cal might receive repentance to the acknowledging the truth, that he might recover himself out of the snare of the devil. Cal is proud he is full of contempt and is without natural affection. He is a false accuser, fierce, and despises those who are good. He is extremely high-minded. He has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. 
Cal is ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Cal resists the truth, his mind is corrupt, reprobate concerning the faith. By both his writing and words in professing the communion and by the testimony and witness of his outward profession of holiness yet living in continual vice and habitual sins of the flesh that he strives to cleanse by religious pious acts without the blood of Jesus through faith and never maturing in Christ he would be thoroughly reprimanded by Paul and brings shame to the Lord. I ask Cal to part from me and go his own way, he agreed and then continued to send parting shots at me as the fiery darts of the wicked. His wicked soul is never at rest. I hereby pray the Lord reward Cal according to his works. May my work stand as an eternal witness and testimony. Amen. Amen. Maranatha. Dot. By the grace of God I have to add the following statement which came clearly to me that sheds more light on the darkness of Cal Teichman and here to show the extraordinary hypocrisy that needs to be exposed. Additionally, as a study for the saints, I'd like to examine further. Cal must read and apprehend these scriptures. Philippians 3 9-14 King James Version 9 And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith colon 10 that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. 11 If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. 12 Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. 13 Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, 14 I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Without a firm understanding and a deeper apprehension, the regenerated spirit of man knows and his renewed mind can apprehend, from the very beginning of meeting Cal I was bombarded by his obsession with Joseph Charles Philpott, 1802-1869, known as the Seceder. He resigned from the Church of England in 1835 and became a strict and particular Baptist. I had never heard of Philpott before but began reading a great deal. I was particularly impressed with Philpott's study on striving lawfully which was Cal Teichman's favorite study. As I noted at the beginning of this blog Cal Teichman's love for striving lawfully proves his yearning to live expediently this awesome rest found in walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Without the final and full atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ this is impossible. Read Romans 3, 4, 5, 6 and 8. God had used Cal to show me the wonderful teaching of Philpott's striving lawfully. However, I told Cal although some of Philpott's teaching is solid, there are some glaring issues with him. This does not include his continual use of Trinity versus the Bible's Godhead which made Cal go berserk. But to Cal's dismay I had issues, deeper issues with Philpott that I now see sheds tremendous light on Cal's spiritual condition that's worthy of note. Please observe, when Cal demanded I cease immediately from anyone's work that wasn't in line with God's word I told Cal he was a hypocrite because Cal often quoted Philpott who was a strict and particular Baptist, see their statement of faith and some of Philpott's non-biblical teachings, Cal refused to see this and became belligerent and nasty. He would snap and raise his voice. I saw this more than once and noted it with concern. Let's examine J.C. Philpott's statement of faith. Quote, it was in 1827, now 22 years ago, that eternal things were first laid upon my mind, that I was made to know myself as a poor, lost sinner, and a spirit of grace and supplication poured out upon my soul. 
I may have had doubts and fears since as to the reality of the work of grace upon my soul, but I have never doubted, and shall never doubt, that if I possess grace in my heart, it was then first implanted. The Gospel Pulpit, 218p. 4. Cal Teichman was obsessed with making confessions of faith and testimony. He believed that if a person did not have a written testimony of salvation then without confession of faith it was almost impossible to say one is truly saved. Well, I can't find this in scripture in context, but if we look at Phil Fott's statement of faith it seems alarming that Philpott says he had doubts, may have, and fears as to the reality of the work of grace, but he has never doubted that if he possesses grace. Does anyone see a problem with this? I know I have never had doubts or fears about the reality of the work of grace and never doubted the work of the cross. For Philpa to make this statement it speaks volumes which I can also substantiate by the following statements. The irony here in Cal Teichman's obsession with Philpott is it sheds tremendous light on why Teichman is the way he is. Birds of the feather flock together. Here Cal's friend Philpott who jumped out of the frying pan of the heretical religious works of the Church of England which was by then completely infested by the Vatican and jumped into the flames of another Calvinist, worker of Catholicism, religious Pharisee system. See my detailed study on Calvinism. Heretical Calvinism The Bridge to Catholicism https colon slash slash www.thethirdheaventraveler.com slash 2020 slash 10 slash heretical Calvinism among some .html. John Briggs, Principal, and Pro-Vice-Chancellor, The University of Birmingham, West Hill, Editor, The Baptist Quarterly, writes. Baptists as a denomination must always be seen to represent a larger phenomenon than simply those who associate together in the life of the Baptist Union. This is why the Baptist Historical Society's publication of Dr. Dix's careful, scholarly and ironic study of strict Baptist development study is of considerable importance. It traces those churches, especially in London, East Anglia and the home counties who stayed with their inherited Calvinism. Additionally Baptist doctrine habitually mixes the gospel with works of baptism found in the gospels. This also coincides perfectly with dispensation and rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2:15 KJV. I'd like to make a brief side note here. Cal Teichman was very confused with dispensationalism. He frankly knew very little about it and I was honored to teach him dispensations. He would often stop me and say it's all overwhelming and challenge me by saying the whole Bible applies to us Christians. Of course I would agree with Cal but to open his eyes to how parts of the Bible are written to the Jews and not the Christians in the age of grace but only for our edification and knowledge was overwhelming for California for this reason I believe Cal felt immeasurably comfortable with the teachings of the Baptists. Conversely, he was very uncomfortable with dispensations and also eschatology. If a reader is interested knowing how to rightly divide the word of truth please email me, beatrandy at gmail.com. The Baptist belief system is religion steeped in religious works with a myriad of rules and regulations. My mother who was a former Catholic was asked to leave a Baptist church we attended when I was very young. The reason, my mom's dress didn't measure the required three inches below the knees. Now granted this was one church of the hundreds belonging to the Baptist organization, however, this gives us a snapshot. The strict and particular Baptist belief statement of the faith. Of concern we read portions here because of their opposition to the idea that it is the duty of every person to repent and believe the gospel. This is not biblical gospel found in 1 Corinthians 15 1-4 KJV and confirmed by Ephesians 2 8, 9 KJV. 
Additional Statement of Faith of the Strict and Particular Baptist, Christ died to make certain the salvation of a definite number of people whom He has purposed to save, rather than to make possible the salvation of an indefinite number of people who might choose to believe. This belief is also known as limited atonement, and forms the third of what are commonly known as the five points of Calvinism. If the reader would like more information on the religious pharisaical and Catholic carryover of the founding Baptists please email me, beatrandy at gmail.com. If you don't believe me then read on the Southern Baptist belief system of today and ask yourself why the Baptists continually evolve and morph into a different belief system. Ask a Baptist and they will go out of their way to tell you, oh, that Baptist sect is not us. We're different because. Next here let's read Philpott's thoughts on holiness and compare to scripture, I will comment in red letters with scripture to Philpott's comments below. A Personal and Progressive Holiness? By J.C. Philpott. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, John 3 6. It's stunning here we find J.C. Philpott just as confused as was Nicodemus another Pharisee which could not see spiritually born again and as a sign would not apprehend the coming redemptive work of the bloodshed on the cross as the remission of sins, who had approached Jesus in John chapter 3. Let's look with both the lens of Jesus' teaching and into the age of grace under Paul's teaching. Begin, J.C. Philpott starts and stops with John 3 6. Why did he stop here? Why didn't he immediately correlate the church age doctrine of grace as I post below? What J.C. Philpott should have said, now let's look at John 3 7 through verse 21, then let's go read Romans 7 14 through Romans 8 17 KJV. J.C. Philpott makes the following statement. There is no promise made that we shall be set free in this life from the in-being and the in-working of sin. My comment, Scripture tells us, O wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. 
And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Romans 7 8-1-17 KJV Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Romans 6 12 KJV Philpot writes, Many think that they are to become progressively holier and holier, that sin after sin is to be removed gradually out of the heart, until at last they are almost made perfect in the flesh. But this is an idle dream, and one which, sooner or later in the case of God's people, will be rudely and roughly broken to pieces. Nature will ever remain the same, and we shall ever find that the flesh will lust against the spirit. Our Adam nature is corrupt to the very core. It cannot be mended, it cannot be sanctified, it is at the last what it was at the first, inherently evil, and as such will never cease to be corrupt till we put off mortality, and with it the body of sin and death. Why doesn't Philpot teach what Scripture says and not his own vain imagination and the philosophy of man? Philpot writes, All we can hope for, long after, expect and pray for, is, that this evil nature may be subdued, kept down, mortified, crucified, and held in subjection under the power of grace, but as to any such change passing upon it or taking place in it as to make it holy, it is but a Pharisaic delusion, which, promising a holiness in the flesh, leaves us still under the power of sin, whilst it opposes with deadly enmity that true sanctification of the new man of grace, which is wrought by a divine power, and is utterly distinct from any fancied holiness in the flesh, or any vain dream of its progressive sanctification. Here is scripture below. Tell me which one will you believe? Tell me which one will you believe? Cal Teichman and his beloved misguided Philpot or Scripture? Read the Word of God for yourself. My King James Bible clearly teaches progressive sanctification. We are dead to sin and no longer do such things. Paul teaches over and over again. Read 1 Corinthians 6 11 KJV for starters. Then study the following carefully and prayerfully. Don't be spoon-fed garbage like Cal did and does and then go and teach same to others. Cal doesn't even realize but he's teaching another gospel and liable under 1 Galatians 1 8, 9 KJV. No wonder Cal loves Philpot's teaching of no progressive sanctification so well. It gives him more license to continue in his sins. Galatians 5 24 Galatians 2 20 Galatians 5 16 Romans 6 6 7 Romans 3 10 3 20 33 to crucify the flesh is to obey the call to Christian discipleship. It means losing our life to find it in Him, Matthew 10:39. As we daily put to death the sinful nature, we begin to walk in victory over the flesh. Conquering the flesh is what Paul describes as walking in the Spirit, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, Galatians 5:16. There is a process of sanctification. Yes, we yearn for our day when we're in our glorified bodies, Philippians 3:21. but we are challenged by the Lord to strive for progressive sanctification. It is a lifelong process. Philpot says this is not true. My Bible tells me, first after we are saved we are promised that the flesh must be crucified. This happens by faith in Galatians 2:20 KJV. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit that begins a work in us to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, Romans 8:29 KJV. We are no longer under sin's dominion, Romans 6:14 KJV. We begin the process called slavery to righteousness, Romans 6:17-18 KJV. We grow in grace and slowly gradually become more like Jesus, 2 Corinthians 3:18 KJV. 
J.D. Philpott failed to comprehend that the Apostle Paul himself was being, that gerund grammar form on continuous, Cal Teichman did not, admittedly understand or care to understand English grammar, transformed in sanctification as he ministered as he pressed on to attain all Christ desired, Philippians 3:12 KJV. By studying J.D. Philpott who Cal attributes as a great teacher and the most fundamentally solid man of God. We can see why Cal Teichman lives in fear and continually justifies his habitual carnal lifestyle. Barbara Streisand and Marilyn Monroe Background, if you carefully study the lives and careers of both Barbara Streisand and Marilyn Monroe there is ample documentation on the trans investigation the Baphomet and the androgynous agenda relating. We Christians know of course why Satan hates the distinction of man and woman. The LBGTQ agenda is a direct affront to Genesis 1:27 KJV. The purpose of this blog is not to present or discuss the LBGTQ agenda and how now we see transgenders being openly presented into the LBGTQ community. If a reader would like additional information please email me, beatrandy at gmail.com. Cal Teichman had expressed a super interest in both Barbara Streisand and in Marilyn Monroe that he admitted lasted to the current day. He admitted that the gay community has always been especially interested in Marilyn Monroe in particular. When I explained that this was most likely because of the trans issue, and the deeper meanings of movies both of these characters have done, Cal exploded and became abnormally upset, beyond any normal issue. He became so upset that he demanded I stop talking about this. The reason I bring this up to show the spiritual issues and depths of this man's depravity. I wonder why Cal Teichman is furious that I have referenced Terry Malone from Calvary Prophecy in some of my blogs because Terry supposedly listens to rock music, I do not promote in any way rock music, which I was unable to confirm, and yet Cal says it's okay to be completely fascinated with, words he used, entertainers who have proven records of saying blasphemous things against the word of God. And who have been used by Satan in the entertainment world. Note, I am not a hyper-religious person who believes it is a sin to watch movies. I'm only making a statement to expose issues that need to be brought to light. In regards to Cal Teichman. Dear Lord my prayer. Psalm 140 King James Version. 140 Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man, preserve me from the violent man. Two which imagine mischiefs in their heart, continually are they gathered together for war. Three they have sharpened their tongues like a serpent, adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. 4. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked, preserve me from the violent man, who have purpose to overthrow my goings. 5. The proud have hid a snare for me, and cords, they have spread a net by the wayside, they have set gins for me. Selah. 6. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God, hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. 7. O God the Lord, the strength of my salvation, Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. 8. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves. Selah. 9. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. 10. Let burning coals fall upon them, let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. 11. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth, evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. 12. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted, and the right of the poor. 13. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name, the upright shall dwell in thy presence. The reason Cal Teichman refuses and unable to know the truth is because the truth does not dwell in him. 
Read John 8:42-47 KJV. Amen. Maranatha. And here we are on this day Good Friday, April 2, 2021. The day will come when he no longer sees grace. In the late winter of 2019 the Holy Spirit clearly gave me these words, the day will come when he will no longer see grace. I was taken back by the word he and wondered aloud, who is, he? This could be better examined as, to whom be the dishonored he? Naturally, my mind raced across the names of some Christians I knew. I took the words that kept coming to mind the day will come when he no no longer sees grace in the context of no longer knowing grace as in becoming legalistic and falling after false works-based salvation, being bewitched as were the Galatians being so foolish to have begun by Paul's teaching of the truth as in Jesus Christ brought vividly before them to witness his crucifixion, having received the Spirit by the hearing of faith in knowing grace, and then shockingly following after false teaching to believe they could now be justified made perfect by the flesh and following the works of the law. At this point I encourage the reader to diligently study Galatians, specifically in the context beginning with Galatians chapter 2 verse 15 through the entirety of chapters 3 and chapter 5. For several months I would wonder who this person might be. It was about this time in the early spring of 2020 I first met Cal Teichman. When a brother in Christ who had also been struggling with significant health issues confronted me about not wanting to include Cal in our fellowship and Bible studies, I began thinking this a certain brother was it he because this brother in Christ didn't appear see Cal through the lens of God's grace but instead looked to Cal's past life and Cal's hyper-religious spirit instead. I use the word appear because at no time did this other brother in Christ ever verbally accuse Cal of anything. He only said he didn't want to include Cal in future phone calls. Now here we find ourselves today on Good Friday of 2021. I woke up this morning and believe with all my heart that the Lord has shown me the he who would no longer seek grace and I firmly believe with all my heart that this person of dishonor is in fact Cal Teichman. The frightening part for Cal Teichman is in two parts here. Part 1, reading Galatians chapters 2 through 5 carefully we see that Cal Teichman fits Paul's rebuke like a glove. Cal has been shown and even talks frequently in his teachings about grace. He talks the talk but fails miserably in understanding and apprehending the finished work of the cross as I have brought out in detail here in this blog response to California this was also established in the witness of my family during the communion we held on Skype which I documented in this blog above. As those Galatians who were bewitched and failed to see the complete sufficiency of the blood shed on the cross, Cal is obsessed with proving works unto salvation by failing to see the blood and failing to apprehend mentally which proves his spirit has failed to attain this truth. Part 2, the more terrifying account Cal must consider is to look at Hebrews chapters 3 and chapter 6, specifically Hebrews 3 10-19, Hebrews 6 4-6 KJV, and 2 Peter chapters 2 and 3. Since Cal didn't understand dispensations and at the time I used to speak with him could not fully appreciate the different dispensations, let me explain that Hebrews and Peter are not written expressly to the church but to the Jews. The scriptures I list that very well may apply to Cal as if he is not saved, he will be looking at Hebrews and Peter's during the time of Jacob's trouble. I now believe with all my heart as has been tested and proven by events that Cal Teichman is the man who will no longer see grace. I pray the Lord open Cal's eyes to the truth. We are very well established in the very last days before the rapture of the church in the following time of Jacob's trouble. Update 413, Strong's, Concerning, In Regard To, In Reference To, On Account Of 
While on an extended camping expedition in the wilderness where I go a few times each year to get away from all the modern distractions I had an amazing experience and what I believe was beyond a confirmation regarding the treasonous poison of Cal Teichman. I'm after this revelation no longer sending this letter to Cal in love but rather of strong rebuke and turning him over to God to deal with. While reading my Bible and in prayer one morning, I found myself in Matthew 26 KJV. After being led there by a reference to another scripture I had been reading. All of a sudden I came to verse 21 of chapter 26 of Matthew. I stopped and had an epiphany and a sudden flashback regarding Cal Teichman and the unnatural and unbiblical communion experience I had with him. Here we find Judas who was going to betray Jesus Christ, sitting there with Jesus and the other disciples as one of the brethren. Shockingly, we find the incident precisely happening at the Last Supper and exactly before Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. Note verse 25, Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. The Holy Spirit clearly led me to understand that my comprehension of Cal's bloodless communion confession of that day I discussed above in this blog response to Cal, Hebrews 9:22 KJV, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission, I was indeed gaining a confirmation of his treacherous egregious behavior as a wolf in sheep's clothing and a betrayer of the saints who stand in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Maranatha.